Hello, I'm Kirk LaPointe, publisher and editor-in-chief of Business in Vancouver. We're proud to present this series of 10 discussions with prominent British Columbians in what we call the BIB Business Leadership Series, where they're going to share their views on the impact of the pandemic and how our economy can recover. Our series is sponsored by PwC and by FASCAN. Their messages appear at the start and finish of our conversations, and we're brought to you by UBC Souter Executive Education. All of its programs are running online now until the end of the year, offering an opportunity to engage with faculty and peers in virtual classrooms. Enjoy the conversations. At PwC Canada, our purpose is to build trust in society and solve important problems. And this pandemic is an important problem. It affects us all, both here in BC and globally. At PwC, we're proud to sponsor this series from Business in Vancouver to talk about what business leaders are doing and thinking. We've heard last week from Chip, Jimmy, Tamara, Lori, and Peter. Returning to the workplace isn't just about physical places. It's about finding new opportunities. So let's keep the conversation going and hear from our next guests. Thanks a lot for joining us today uh, for the BIV Business Leadership Series. It's a series of discussions with prominent British Columbians about the impact of the pandemic on our economy and uh, steps that some of our leaders feel we might be able to take in the time ahead. Uh, one of our major economic drivers in British Columbia, obviously, is real estate activity, whether it's in development, construction, sales and marketing. And, and the pandemic, though, dealt really a, a very vicious blow to the industry, to elements of it in particular, um, and how real estate is sold and marketed. And the most notable face in British Columbia, bar none, I think, in this field is Bob Rennie, whose company, Rennie Marketing Systems, has been a leader in our industry now for decades. Uh, some of the most prominent uh, real estate pieces have, have been marketed by Mr. Rennie and his company. He's also an avid art collector, as you can kind of see in his in his room there, in his, in his place. Uh, so we have a couple of things to talk about for certain today. Good to have you with us. Thank, thanks for having me. It's an honor. Yeah. Look, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the dial back uh, a few months here and how, you know, how did you first respond when you apprehended that we were kind of coming into uh, a threat to business from something like COVID-19? You know, we, uh, it, it, we all sort of responded around the same time, but we, you know, I, 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 I travel a fair amount and my last trip was February 21st. And you could just sort of, you, 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 you felt, and I, I was in San Francisco in the uh, SF um, MoMA and the director and I were at dinner and you could just feel that they, they made a decision that the back end, the executives would no longer travel, huh. but they run on tourism, yet they were going to have all their front end staff interacting with tourists. And that wrestling of why are we protecting ourselves and we're not protecting our front end staff. And a week later, they, they closed. So Mark, Mark, move ahead for us. March 13th uh, it was a Friday, and we made the decision to uh, shut the company down and send our, our, our 92 marketing employees to work from home. Mm -hmm. The 160 brokers, that's a different side of the company. Um, they were no longer come in the office, they would work from home also. But the, nine, the 92 salary staff, you know, Chris, you know, uh, five years ago, as Chris came in, my son to run the company, 
we, we made a six minute decision that we would cover everybody for the year. Um, we, we run on data. We have two economists and two demographers on staff and we understand supply and we understand immigration and population. And, um, we know that, that there, there is a market when we get to the other side of this. When we started in March 13th, we're thinking, where, you know, what does September look like? Uh, we're all computers. As information comes in, you either uh, validate your previous position or you change your position. We're now saying, you know, we, still, we have to be standing 24 months from now. What's that going to look like uh, uh, in, in between? You know, our gesture to send 92 home and say we'll cover them for the year and now to next year, it's not that magnanimous because you end up uh, laying off the bottom 40% that really rely on their incomes. And I can't say that we represent uh, these major multi-phase developments and say, I hope I can get my staff back next year. So we, we made that, uh, that quick business decision. But, you know, the, the fundamentals of real estate out there right now uh, are uh, listings. Inventory is its lowest on MLS, I believe, in 15 years. It's down 60% and sales are down 60%. Right today, um, on the west side of Vancouver, under 4 million and the east side, under 2 million, 33% uh, of the homes sold last month by our the 160 resale agents with only 49 homes, 33% uh, of them had more than three offers being presented at a time. So mm -hmm. there's, there's real need out there. We're treating this as it's a suppression. We saw the mm -hmm. recession. We've been, we have lots of documentation on depressions. But what we went through in 08 to today that, you know, when uh, last month, 57% of the unemployment claims in British Columbia were part-time workers, as opposed to an 08, 90% were full-time workers. What does that mean? We don't know yet. Um, I think the second wave that we're worried about, the second outbreak of COVID-19 in October, I think the real second wave is when you see these 57% of part-time employees, they're not all whole, but they're, they're doing okay at $2,000 a month. Survival is there. When that stops and you see that our service industry was the first out and maybe the last in, when, when will 16,000 people go to a hockey game? Right. When there's a vaccine. People mm -hmm. say, well, 8,000 will sit one seat apart. No, we're, we all meet on the concourse. Yeah. And so we're, we've sort of divided things into, you know, this is as we move along from March 13th to today, that there's before COVID, we saw a real estate market coming off a rather lackluster 2019 and really stabilizing as we came into 2020. We saw those breaks go on. So there's before COVID, there's during COVID, and there's after COVID. You know, there, there's everybody's running to you can buy online. Well, uh, how we treat online has changed that I have to give you a lot more information before you will come out to purchase a pre-sale. Um, of the 11 sites that we have under pre-sale that we closed down, and are now we're on site if you want to come down, 
they sold, we've sold 67 over a six week period. Uh, that's not enough to keep the lights on, but it shows that people are out there. If you're willing to look online, understand floor plans, understand purchase price, uh, have the confidence to buy, you're already sort of self-medicating on how you wear your mask, how you, how you um, sanitize your hands and how you interact with people. Uh, you can't set up a one size fits all in everything. And we're using a lot. And I get, I put out a video just after March 13th to our, to our staff actually sitting on the, the couch here that um, we are in very unique times that um, I think we have to let people know, although I can't shake your hand, I'd sure like to. Although I can't hug you, I'd sure like to. This is the, we're all going to be judged on how we handled COVID-19 as yeah. people, yeah. as a province, as a region, as a country. And um, I believe that history is not going to be kind to Mr. Trump. We can spend two hours on that. I believe history is going to be very kind to Adrian Dix and Dr. Bonnie Henry. There's jurisdictions with 5 million people or more. I believe uh, we have the lowest deaths per capita. Yes. And our region is very special because of the climate, because of uh, uh, education, walkability, livability. We're now going to be judged on how we handle COVID-19 and what, uh, what our, uh, our uh, medical is like. And we're going to talk about the rest of our life. We're, we can't see the forest tree for the forest for the trees right now, Kirk. Yeah, I, I want to get a couple of things um, before we get too much into the future on this one, Bob. Um, I want to find out, you know, you really do rely on data. You're a very data-driven uh, business leader. Uh, I think you were quite ahead of your time in doing that. But what surprised you about the pandemic? Uh, I think it, I, I have two surprises. One, how, how wonderful and valid a lot of our relationships are. Uh, and that's personal and, and, and business. Uh, that was a huge validator. I walk 20 to 30 kilometers a day. I walk 566 kilometers so far in May. I could have walked before. Uh, but on the phone and, and talking to people. So, so that, that, gathering and how humans resolve we always knew it was there but that side but i also you know i i i believe that nice people are coming through nicer i'll be arrogant you and i kirk we're going to come out of this a little nicer a little more resolved um i what i am shocked at some of the opportunism that I'm seeing take place and the sensationalizing mm. of, and that it bothers me, but you know, we sometimes overestimate humans, but um, I, I do, we, we, we see that accelerated that um, this is my time to cash in on things, take advantage. Um, and so many of, you know, we, we need an economy. We need an economy, but, I think what, it's not a surprise, but the harsh realization that as we come out of this and you've dipped your toe into politics, that we're all gonna to have to be a bit like politicians and we should be right of center on 
fiscally and on commerce. But I think what we found out is we're going to have to be far more left of center than all of us ever imagined socially. Mm. Because, you know, if I believe in uh, studies, the largest contributor to mental health problems is isolation. Well, look at how we're, look at how we're living. And I, 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 I think that the, the great divide really showed up clearly here. And we're going to have to make sure that that balance is taken care of. So how do you then think that business practices might change? Um, I, I, you know, are we designing buildings now for our clients that it's uh, facial recognition, you never touch the door handle, you never touch the elevator keys? Um, mm -hmm. During COVID, yes. Um, I, restaurants, you know, it's pretty tough for a mid to small restaurant to pay 100% of the kitchen staff, 100% of the rent, and have 50% of the, of the guests come. And so those things are going to, uh, those are going to be accelerated, uh, seeing who survives and who doesn't. My worry is with a second outbreak, if you've opened, you can't contract again and open again. It's tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars. And we, we had a contraction going on anyways. Um, Starbucks is uh, you know, a family property we own. Starbucks is a tenant in Yaletown, mainland. And in November, they gave us six months rent and said, we're moving. Scratching the surface, my understanding is they have two other Starbucks in the neighborhood. If they can capture 35% of their business with no overhead, they're better off. So that was already happening. Army and Navy did not close because of COVID. Walmart affected Army and Navy 15 years ago. But there's a big COVID carpet right now that everybody's sweeping everything under it. So I think when we went through this in 08, that we, we all said, oh, please give us yesterday back and I promise not to screw it up. This time, we've actually seen that we could all lose it all. Yeah. And there's going to be a very conservative approach and decisions are going to be made that should have been made. Oh, eight, we all said that. And by 2014, we all forgot about it. This is one that we're going to carry forever because there is a threat. There can be another pandemic. We don't, you know, my joke is that this is man-made, but it was caused by Jeff Bezos. So we could all learn to shop at home and we sure have. But, but those things of um, what do we not value a social interaction with, we're going to continue to buy online. So that's changed forever. Um, eating at home. You know, I, I'm a unique demographic because I don't eat in my house, but we went and bought a coffee pot, a microwave, and a freezer. Three things we've never had in our home for 22 years. So we're actually walking with a thermos now instead of going to Starbucks in the morning. Right. It's not just a cost saving, it's a quick retraining. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's in, in office, there is the debate going on. Do we need more space for social distancing? Yes, pre-vaccine. After vaccine, it's like 9-11. We all said we would never, ever see leases in a high rise again. Would that last 18 months? And, and away you go. So I think that business, um, you know, tell us and... Darren at Whistle gave you the number a while ago, but 35% of their staff work from home. 
across Canada. They were already there. Um, if an employee says to me now, you know, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll do it on a Zoom call. I don't want to waste the time driving it. I say, that's great. That's so efficient. Five years ago, I'm going, seriously, are you planning for a party or kids, the kids are home today? Uh, so we, we've all, we've all changed a lot and it's going to affect how we run business and not just how we interact with people, but you know, I'm, I'm old and I'm very comfortable now on a Zoom call. Yeah. Are there any particular things? about British Columbia that you, you think um, will, will basically will be features of us, you know, are, are there ways you think BC specifically will adapt? Um, you know, I, I there's a, 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 on Apple TV, uh, there's a series called The Morning Show. Yes, with right. Jeff and, and Reese Witherspoon, it's really about Matt Lauer. Um, you say, what's that got to do with what you're talking about? Going about? But there's a line in it, and I've adapted it, that transparency comes with huge risk. But I think as a society, we want transparency. We can handle the truth. And we've always, this has been our business platform, and we've now actually conceptualized it. And I hate that the words rhyme, but we're at a point, don't sell me, tell me. And I think, too many of the decisions by our civic leaders are made to get the next vote. And, you know, our next, our, our next voters are 17, 18 years old. They're not going to be loyal and tribal to a party. They're going to be global. They're going to be loyal and tribal to a cause. And I think we have a, 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 a big change coming up that it's, you know, uh, I'll tie this to real estate. Joy McPhail headed up a panel for CMHC, uh, represented British Columbia on housing. And I was asked to present. So I flew to Toronto first and met with Evan Sadal at CMHC to make sure that I wasn't too far off base on my proposal. And my proposal, and this ties all these things together, my proposal is that if we can get City Hall any municipality to approve a development once applied for within 12 months that the provincial and federal government give $10,000 per door to that municipality that approves it within 12 months for rental per door, $15,000 per door for social housing, and $7,500 per door in the city of Vancouver for product under a million uh, from Burnaby out a bit under 750 and in the Valley under 500 and give them quotas. And if they don't make the quotas, they're penalized somewhere else. I'm trying to Teflon coat our mayors and councillors so that they no longer have to politicize housing. Housing mm -hmm. is just a real need. Mm -hmm. If we get oversupply, prices will stay stable. If we get oversupply in rental, they'll stay stable. But we have to take away the politicizing of it that density is handed out like the beer's diamonds because it's one of the largest contributors to why it's so expensive. Yeah. And it's actually, Joy told me, I phoned her the other day and I said, I don't hear anything about this. Is this just, we just ticked off a box or she says, Bob, it's going in the report. I said, well, I want you to call it Bob's plan. Just joking. And she said, if you want to, I'll put it in the appendix. I said, I want it because our solutions can't be 
left or right. Our solutions just have to be for everybody. So I think this sort of engagement of three levels of government, of my young voter coming up and understanding that the only, how can we bring 11,000 Amazon jobs for here and not marrying it to housing types? On transit, it doesn't have to all be in Vancouver, but we don't. We, yeah. we, we sort of hide under the 11,000 jobs are coming, but the housing problems aren't my problem. No, they are. So I think those, those real conversations will come up. What do you think, though, uh, you talked about the opportunism as not being a, a nice attribute of what you've seen in all of this. But what do you think are the, are the actual opportunities for business in the time ahead? I think the opportunities are what you're doing right now. Engagement. Uh, I use on uh, the museum boards I sit on, stop asking for money start engaging uh, future donors, people with art that can donate to you, contributors, artists, start through engagement. And I think there's a huge opportunity here that we're social animals. We want to get back to seeing each other. We've been Zooming each other. You know, the problem with Zoom and meetings is I can't lean over and say, Kirk, are you guys going to Hawaii in September? We can't have that. We have to dumb everything down that it's a conversation the answer to that is no, by the way, just to let you know. <laughs> it's no, me either. I don't think I'm traveling this year. Yeah. Uh, but I, but I, I do think there's a huge opportunity, simple things. There's this huge opportunity uh, for engagement. But I think we, we're going to reevaluate a little bit how we live. Um, I, if I take it to real estate in the city of Vancouver, you're allowed 40 square feet of storage space in a suite. Um, I convinced you 20 years ago that you didn't need a den. We will just put your computer on a raised counter with a USB port. I think you need the den again. We're finding on these calls uh, that if we could get that 40 square feet blended in. But I think livability is going to be a huge topic on, on, on our housing fronts. I I think you know transportation during COVID is completely different than after COVID. Because right now, you know how many people do you want on a SkyTrain? How many people do you want in an Uber? You know, in Seattle, there's a rental development that just switched to condo, but there's only 0.2 parking. It's 80% of the suites don't have parking. That's fine when Uber's all up and running. Great. But right now, will you get in an Uber without a hazmat suit? Some people know, and some people, they're, they're, they're taking that risk. But that's one of those during COVID things. Um, if you're on transit, we don't need the parking after COVID. But right now, it's the developments that have the parking that, that, that do better. But I, I think our social skills and our engagement is one of the biggest things coming out of this. Um, is Cactus going to open up Cactus to go? I think for sure. They, they have, sorry. I, have a, I don't know how to silence it there. Every, every, sorry. Every, um, every Zoom conversation features either a dog or a child right now, so that's fine. You, you, got, you got the dog in before we were done. She's a, she's a, a, a barker. But I, I, I think, you know, will Cactus Club have Cactus to go? You know, you know, how does a sham bar open and close and start up and carry? And they're such great contributors to our city, but they're at risk. These restaurateurs don't have hundreds of thousands sitting. And I believe a lot of proprietors um, 
just sort of, I've had always had this philosophy that a proprietor will work twice as long for half the pay because it's their own and there's a passion. And a lot of them are being kicked out of the box right now. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, with taxes, we have not raised property taxes the way we should. Now the barrels of money aren't coming in from development and we're faced with huge decisions. How do you raise taxes and get reelected? Mm-hmm. So it's cutbacks happen. I want to I want to finish with you on I mean obviously because of your great passion for the arts and um, you know I, I imagine that we're going to see some extraordinary art surface from this period uh, because of the uh, you know the the different different approaches I think that artists have taken in terms of their own seclusion and all of this. But I want to ask a little bit about the performing arts because I also know that you've been a great supporter of those in in our community. When are we going to see them again? Do you think? You know, it's it, it, it without it, it's it Chilliwack. I'm old. Who is a band? Yeah, sure. And uh, Henderson, okay, Bill Henderson. Bill Henderson, yeah. His yeah. his song that I've always I still play it is without their without no audience. There just ain't no show. And the energy the performers pick up off the audience is the same as the audience pick up off the, off the performers. And that's a really difficult one. Okay, New York is a tourism town and all of that is shut down. Uh, when will you take the risk of sitting shoulder to shoulder with somebody next to you who sneezes without going and getting tested that night <laughs> for COVID? Until there's a vaccine, it's gonna be very, very difficult. But I think like Andre Bocelli did recently, yeah. I'm told now COVID-19, um, that we're going to have to, we, we, we're starved for sports, we're, we're starved for entertainment. But coming out of this, how do we fund it? They're all, have cashed in all their, all their lifelines. You know, should we see a museum? I, like the Vancouver Art Gallery or the Surrey Museum, should they now co-share that the portable seating comes in and dance can take place there uh, every second month? I think, because it's the same donors that support so much of it. And I think we're going to have to, have to start looking at better ways through this. You know, uh, you, you know I've been, very vocal about architecture and do we need a half a billion dollar museum for the Vancouver Art Gallery. Um, I think it's pretty tough for them to have their hand out right now. But my view has always been if you don't build it and you built a 60-story office tower there for Revenue Canada, a pension fund, Mentol, anybody, and took half the property taxes, because that was never going to be built, and gave half the property taxes to arts and culture, when you come with a small dance company, Kirk, and say we need five hundred thousand, we'd be able to say go borrow it from the bank because four years from now we'll give it to you. But we need to find some permanent solutions, and yeah. I think out of COVID nineteen, we're all going to be able to work a lot better together. We're going to be uh, less me and a lot more we. But I am a glass half full company because we have data but we follow culture and I have huge optimism that we're going to come out of this 
willing to be less partisan. Because unless you can get both sides of the aisle talking together, we, 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 we can't solve it. Well, that's a good note to end on. Uh, don't end on doom and gloom. It's uh, always good to talk to you, Bob. Thanks a lot for your time today. Okay, and we will grab lunch when the Wedgwood opens by the window. Okay, okay. Thank, no, thank you for letting me participate. Thank you. Okay. Bob Renning. Thanks a lot for watching BIB's Leadership Series. I'm Kirk Point. We'll see you again. Thank you, everyone, for attending today's very interesting session. I'm Will Westring, Managing Partner of Faskin's BC Region, which includes our downtown Vancouver and Surrey locations. Faskin is a Canadian-based international law firm with offices across Canada in London, England, Johannesburg, South Africa, and Beijing, China. We are BC's largest law firm and have been serving this province's business community for over 130 years. At Faskin, we provide a full range of legal services, including assisting clients in relaunching their operations and implementing COVID-19 business recovery efforts. Please call us or visit our website for information on all the services we provide, including our COVID-19 Knowledge Centre. We really are in this together. Thank you.